الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وقل لعبادي يقول التي هي أحسن وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اطعم الطعام وافش السلام واطيب الكلام وصلي بالليل والناس نيام تدخل الجنه بسلام او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters this world is a place of test place of challenge as we have repeatedly discussed repeatedly mentioned these aspects and these are things that the more we discuss it the more we realize how much more we have to discuss it the more we think about it we realize how much more we have to be pondering over it the more we look into the reality of this the more we realize how much we lack it the consciousness of this reality so in any case this dunya is a test it's a challenge and all times we are to be trying to make an effort to pass this test to pass this challenge person who is conscious of being in a test being in an examination the person then conducts himself or herself very differently now is a time of the year when people are all in various states of as they say gabrat depending on how well the person was prepared or not many people are writing some metric exam and somebody some other exam somebody some school exams and you will also be soon writing your exams so depending on how much the person worked during the course of the year how well the person dedicated himself how well the person uh, understood what was being given took the instructions so accordingly the person will be either very very calm very composed or the person would be in a state of panic the person who was now spending the time in a very very casual way not bothered not concerned well life must go on why must we worry and break our head with too many things life will carry on and you don't have to bother about being too diligent to work hard to be respectful to take instructions to be concerned that you're not hurting anybody Now Shaitan puts these thoughts, why worry about all this? Why be concerned about all this? Life will carry on. But then the time suddenly comes now when the person is going to have to face the results of what was done in the exam. And when that time comes, now it's too late to cry even tears of blood. Now the time for the result has come now the person says i wish i had worked hard i wish i didn't listen to those friends 
that took me away into some other direction. I was supposed to have been studying for my exams and those friends came and they started getting into some kind of other talk and started gossiping, which unfortunately is a very, very common disease. It's a major disease, this disease of gossiping. Two or three people get together and the first thing that comes to their mind is that to start talking about others. This is just, it doesn't make me anything, but about approximately maybe just an hour and a half, two hours at the most, I happened to just speak to somebody on the phone, and he's perhaps in his uh, early 60s or so now, or maybe mid-60s, and he told me something which I never knew about, well, so... And he mentioned in the days, because he also lives in the same place that was my hometown. So he's telling me something about my late grandmother, my nani, that she would from time to time walk from our house to go and see her father, who was alive at that time, who was quite an elderly person. He had passed away beyond, he had lived to past hundred years passed away at the age of 100 and something. So in any case, she would walk, but it was a bit of a distance, and she would go to visit her father, obviously now, once in a while. She was elderly herself, but then on the return, she would come, because they are also related, she would come and stop at his house, and visit his mother, and then he would thereafter arrange for her to be brought home. So he's saying that few days ago, somebody in his family, one of the women folk of his family, in the course of some discussion, she's saying to him that I cannot forget, and she's referring to my late grandmother, Allah Qabr with Noor, and give her the highest stages in Jannat. I cannot forget her, and one particular thing about her. So he says, what? So she's saying that when she used to come to our home, whenever she has visited her father and she's returning, she would stop, and she would come and she would make salam to this person who is talking now, his mother. And after asking, how are you, etc., and then she would say, look, I didn't come to eat today, I'm not hungry for anything, and uh, all we're going to do today is we're going to talk about Allah and His Rasul, we're not going to talk about anything else. In a nice way, friendly way, she would walk in, she would make salam, she would inquire about, how's everybody? And then she would say, now this was apparently, Allah knows best, but apparently to upfront set the tone that there must be no ribat in this conversation. There must be no talking about things that are futile. One is some light-hearted talk, all these things are within their place, within their limits, provided it is kept within the limits. But this was the consciousness that when somebody starts off on that note, that look, we're only going to talk about Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, so now, in that cause of that conversation, some maybe more general things will come in as well. But, the person is going to be on guard now that I don't get into any sinful talk. Now, this is such a lesson that these elder people, they did not have too much of detailed knowledge. Perhaps people sitting in the four walls of this madrasa meaning who are not even in their 20s yet, 
probably in the early teens, in terms of kitabi knowledge, in terms of book knowledge, perhaps they may surpass what she knew. Many might know more details than she had known in her whole, whole, whole life, that she passed away at the age of, I can't remember exactly, I was about 10, 11 years old at that time, but I think she was in her early 80s. So by the time she passed away, she, whatever knowledge she had, there might be many, many people under the roof of this madrasa who have not even reached the age of 16, 18, 20 yet, but know much more than what she knew. And much more than what many of the older folk of that time knew, in terms of details. But at the same time, we cannot compare ourselves to one fraction of what they had in terms of the reality of the knowledge. We have the words, they had the reality. We have the theory, they had the action. We had some concepts, they had the practicalities. So, life is about a practical exam. There are certain things to do with ilm, certain things to do with belief, but the bottom line is that life is a practical exam. Now when there's a practical exam, for example cooking now, there's a practical exam. So now you are required to cook that pot of food and present it. Now when the time comes for the practical exam, you are rattling off the recipe from memory. That this is what you must put in and this is how much it must be and this is how you go about cooking it and this is the method and whatever else. See, all that's fine. This is a practical exam now. You come now and cook it. She says, but I, I don't know how to do that. She says, well, then you failed. You knew the theory very well. So you now cook it. But now the person said, okay, well, let me cook it. And now, in uh, what she cooked was literally, as in, it's a figure of speech, where she cooked up a storm. She literally cooked up a storm. And... It was a health hazard to try and taste that also. So obviously, that is not going to get anybody to pass the exam. Now she knew the recipes of, from memory, but she didn't know how to, she couldn't put it into practice. And there's somebody else came, she couldn't recall all the details of the recipe. She couldn't recall all the finer aspects of it, but she did it correctly. She could cook that pot of food, and do it right. Now you ask her offhand, explain the whole method. She says, well, when I do it, you just see how I'm going about it. I know how to do it. I can't explain to you all the details. Now who is going to pass? The person who cooked that pot of food correctly is the person that's going to pass. Now life is also a practical examination. And this practical examination, the person who knows the basic theory and has got the practice right, that person has passed. But somebody can know the tafsir of the whole Qur'an Sharif, like the person reciting Surah Fatiha, the person knows the whole tafsir also. Somebody can know all the details of fiqh, and by heart everything, detailed laws. Somebody knows, can give a whole bayan on akhlaq, a whole bayan on taqwa, a lot of detail, ayats of the Qur'an Sharif, ahadith, and explanations from the lies of the akabir and so on, person can give it excellently, whole one hour bayan. But when it comes to 
one's practical life. Now that salah which we know all the details about but we're not even waking up to perform the salah. We're delaying to perform it. The azan is going and we are not even concerned. We're not even paying any attention. And it's like namaz time hasn't even come in. So now what is going to be the benefit of that theory if it's not being put into practice? In fact, that theory will become a greater burden on the day of Qiyamat. وَالْقُرْآنُ حُجَّةٌ لَكَ أَوْ عَلَيْكَ Nabi Islam says, the Qur'an will bear testimony, will give evidence in your favor or against you. So now, this must not become our situation that the Qur'an Sharif bears testimony against us, the Hadith Sharif bears testimony against us, that will be a major disaster. So the point was that this whole life is a test. And all these situations are a test. And when a person has to face one's results, then it will be too late to cry over what happened, why didn't I work harder, why didn't I just sacrifice a little, it was such a short life. And I was wanting to have so much fun, fun, but now it's too late now. All that fun just is like not even a dream. It is just like dust and I was chasing that fun and now is the time come for the results I failed. So I should have done this and I should have done that but then it's too late. Now is the time. Now is the time to work hard. And when a person makes those sacrifices now then just as in dunya also when the exams come and a person before the exams has been working then the exams go smoothly and then the person now is in a position where he can enjoy the results of the exam but the person who was making merry life will carry on mustn't get too serious mustn't overdo things and you need to be a little bit moderate but these are all words we just say words we don't even know what it means what does moderate mean according to some people moderate means now everybody has their own concept now some person, he is in business with his father. So his father's concept of moderation in business is that you mustn't steal anybody's money. That's all. That's moderation. Don't steal anybody's money. After that, if you are exploiting someone, you taking, really overcharging somebody, but you didn't steal his money. That's fine. Now, he, that's his concept of moderation. And in terms of moderation in business, his concept of moderation is that uh, from 8 to 5, you must be in the business. And after hours, your mind must be still in the business. Now, that's what his father drums into him. Now, he's asking that, how do I reconcile this with what we hear in the bayans and so on? Because this is my father and my father says you must be in moderation. So you mustn't steal anybody's money. Apart from that, all this must carry on. And you must be soaked in the business. After hours also your mind must be in the business. And then if you, in that process, you can really squeeze somebody from the last cent, pay the workers the bare minimum and take the maximum work out of them and exploit them and all these things is fine. That's not a problem. Now is that something acceptable? Is this concept of moderation acceptable? Somebody's concept of moderation in dressing is 
that it mustn't be that you are not wearing a, for example, pants itself. That is obviously out. But if it is so tight and it is revealing, then that is not against moderation. That's fine. You're wearing a pants. Now, is that acceptable? If you're wearing some clothing, some people's concept of moderation is it must not be transparent. But as long as it's not transparent, then everything goes, no matter how tight it is. Is that acceptable? Now, these are all just words we just use. Don't overdo it. Don't overdo what? Don't overdo the obedience of shaitan. Just do it little bit. Is that what does this mean? Don't overdo it. That don't obey shaitan for 24 hours of the day. Just obey him for 2-3 hours in the day. Or don't obey shaitan in every aspect of dressing. When you're reading namaz and so on, then wear a proper burqa. Other than that, you can obey shaitan. Is this the meaning of don't overdo it? Is this the meaning of moderation that, uh, well, don't now, you have to read all your namazes all the time. Sometimes you miss once in a while, that's fine. Nauzubillah min zalik. Now these are just words we use. Just words that are thrown around in order to try and just appease ourselves. So this is not going to work for us on the day of Qiyamah. It's not going to be of any help to us in front of Allah Ta'ala. That now we had, you know, you get bored, so we have to sit down, and we have to have some conversations. So now if you don't talk about others, what's the fun in that conversation? If you talk only about deen, or we talk about even general things, but which don't involve conversations about others, then what's the fun? You have to have some fun, and the fun is in the ghibad, to eat the flesh of others, the rotting flesh of others. That's where the fun is, in inverted commas obviously. Now, so now you can't be too serious now, you, if you're talking about somebody, now those who get us involved in all these things, where they are taking us? On the day of Qiyamah, they are going to come and help us? On the day of Qiyamah, they are going to say, okay, I got her involved in talking about others, so give me her punishment. Anybody will say that? Or they'll say, she must fend for herself. Yes, I made it look like I was a friend in dunya, but that's her stupidity that she took somebody like me as a friend. Now she must bear the brunt of her actions. I am not going to take any punishment on her behalf. That is what, what will be said on the day of Qiyamah. In the Quran, Sharif Allah Ta'ala says, Al-akhillau yawma idhim ba'aduhum li ba'adin aduun illa al-muttaqoon. That on the day of Qiyamah, all friendships of this dunya will turn into enmity. The friends of dunya will become enemies. They'll be cursing one another. You did this to me. You got me involved in sin. You got me involved in the ghibat. You got me involved in the haram. You brought that phone to me. And you invited me to a certain place. And you were influencing me to get involved in this chatting. And you were doing this and you were doing that. And the other will reply, you got yourself involved. I merely just invited you. You didn't have to accept my invitation. Why did you accept now they'll be cursing one another on the day of Qiyamah. And they'll be cursing Shaitan and Shaitan will be cursing them. And Shaitan will say, you worry about cursing yourself. I merely, just merely tempted you. You fell headlong into it. I didn't come and grab you by your neck and pull you down and push you into something. You came yourself. I merely tempted you. So on the day of Qiyamah, all these kind of friendships that are based on haram, all these kinds of friendships and associations that are based on appeasing shaitan, chasing fun, 
all these things will turn into severe enmity. And let alone the akhirat. Very often in dunya also, that suddenly overnight just turns into enmity. Somebody got caught, and now they will blame the other. And that person will be blaming this person. And both now will be at loggerheads. Because sin, this is what it breeds. So, this kind of friendship is not friendship. This kind of friendship is disaster. So the point that we are making is that in dunya, when we have to, when we work hard, then the exams go smoothly. And if a person didn't work hard, and now the exam results have come, that a person has failed, then it's too late to cry over that which has passed. Likewise, this life is an exam. It's a test. And all the time we are being tested. All the time we are in this examination. What we are going to do? How are we going to conduct ourselves? What is our way of conducting ourselves in terms of our hukuk that Allah Ta'ala has over, over us? The hukukullah, our salah. Are we performing our salah correctly? Performing it regularly? Performing it in time? Being conscious to try and perform the salah as soon as the time comes in? Or are we just taking life easy? Well, don't worry about it. And life will carry on. I just read one incident this morning about something that happened in Pakistan. One person was a bus driver. Muslim person, pious person, was a bus driver. So, he was driving this bus, passengers all filled in, and he, now this bus is going at its full speed, normal speed meaning, he's driving on a main road, so he's going at the speed that normally he would drive, and then he quickly, suddenly stopped, meaning he gradually braked, and pulled over to the side, and he's telling the conductor, that allow the passengers to come in. So the conductor opened the door, and he is very surprised that there isn't any passengers outside here. This is in the middle of a road, meaning on the side of a road, but meaning on a highway or somewhere. And he's saying, allow the passengers to come in. So sometimes it happens that somebody is hitching a lift there, or they're standing on the side of the road, whatever, and they now want to catch a lift. So these things happen, so they stop. So he thought perhaps he didn't see, and the driver saw, that's why he stopped. But now when he opened the door, and he's looking outside, he cannot see anybody. So... He thought maybe, well, whatever. So he shouted to the driver that, uh, no, there's nobody here, carry on. Now he told him there's nobody here, carry on. The bus is not moving. This person is not starting again. So again he shouted that, carry on, there's nobody here. And he closed the door. But now he's still not, the bus is not moving. This bus is not taking off. Because normally if the passengers have got in or there's nobody there, then he'll take off again. He's still not taking off. So this conductor came up now, a little bit irritated now, because he's standing at the bottom step of that bus. So now there's three, four steps to come onto the level of the driver. So he's wondering, what's wrong? Why this was not taking off? He climbs up the two, three steps, and he looks at him, that driver has passed away. He pulled off on the side of the road, and he said, allow the passengers to come in, or allow the people, he said, allow the people to come in. Which people he was talking about, those people didn't even need the door to be opened for them to come in. He probably saw the angels waiting there at that spot. Allah knows best. He's passed away. Nobody can ask him now what he saw. But this is apparently, Allah alam, what the situation might have been. 
that the angels that had come to take his ruh were standing on the side. Because that was the appointed spot. And therefore, he, it might have been that he was, mashallah, a very pious person, a good person. So he saw this glad tidings coming to him. He saw the angels of Rahmat perhaps. Allah knows best. And therefore he stopped the bus right there and he is happy to say, please let them in. Because these are angels of Rahmat. He is seeing something that is pleasing him. He is seeing something that is very, he is happy to see. So therefore he is saying, please let them in. And they obviously didn't need any door to be open for them. Before the conductor opened the door, they might have been already inside. And they took him and he was gone. And he went in such a way, in such an instant, that the conductor also didn't realize this person passed away until he came and looked at him. And the passengers all in the bus, they are also just shocked and amazed. What happened? This person was driving this bus, pulled off on the side, and now suddenly he's gone already. But now this is life. This is life, that person driving a bus, but he suddenly from that bus... He had to board the plane of Malakul Maut. From that driver's seat that he was sitting on, without any choice, from that seat he had to board the seat on the plane of Malakul Maut. And Malakul Maut, in instance, in an instant, takes a person and is gone. So, this is what life is all about. This is the reality of life. We are here now, and we could be gone now. So this is what we have to be conscious about, that life is a test. Life is an examination. Everything is being tested. How we speak, what we speak, that is being tested. Now we, somebody is now saying, now we are going to have some fun. So now we talk all kinds of things, talk all ghibat. And often now from the ghibat, from one thing to the other, then we start making ghibat of some ulama, learned people, Whereas, this is the statement of some pious people, Allama Sha'arani, perhaps, or some other great Sufi of the time, of his time, and he says, Luhumul ulama'i masmumatun. That the flesh of the ulama is poisonous. The flesh of the ulama is poisonous. What does this mean? What he meant was the ghibat that a person might make of a learned person. This is worse than the ghibat of somebody else, whereas anybody's ghibat is a very terrible thing. Major sin. But the ghibat of a learned person is even more severe. It's like eating poisonous flesh. This is sometimes fatal to a person's ruhaniyat, to a person's spiritual conditions. Now, Somebody might be a learned person and he can make mistakes too. He's not a farishta, he's not a, an angel, he can make mistakes. That is between him and Allah Ta'ala. We'll make dua for him, we'll make dua for ourselves, we cannot at any time regard ourselves as better than anybody. But together with that, we will have to keep ourselves very very far away from any ghibat of anyone. And especially the learned people. Otherwise, we are consuming this poisonous flesh. And this poisonous flesh can be fatal. Our tongues should not get soiled with all kinds of evil. 
tongue is such a great na'mat and such a great bounty of Allah Ta'ala. To the extent that a person will use his tongue correctly, he'll earn tremendously. In so many ahadiths, in one hadith, Nabi Wasallam gives the various types of sadaqa. Now sadaqa is such a great thing. Sadaqa, sadaqa tutfi'u ghadab rabb Sadaqa extinguishes the anger of Allah Ta'ala. Now that is the sadaqa that a person spends in the path of Allah Ta'ala, some wealth, etc. But there are various types of sadaqa. And among the various types of sadaqa is, in the hadith of Bukhari Sharif is mentioned, Nabi Salaam says, وَالْكَلِمَةُ الطَّيِّبَةُ صَدَقَةٌ That a good word, a person says something good to somebody, to please the person's heart, make the person feel comforted, make the person feel happy, say something pleasing, something encouraging, something inspiring, something that makes a person feel light, person was now feeling very grieved over something, the person was feeling very hurt about something, whatever it might have been. So you said something that lessened the person's grief, lessened the person's burden, that is sadaqa, you have earned the rewards of sadaqa. And in one hadith, Nabi Salaam says that fear the fire of Jahannam, Try to save yourselves from the fire of Jahannam. Ittaqunnar walau bishiqi tamaratin. If the only thing that you have to protect yourselves from the fire of Jahannam is by spending one part of a date, one piece of a date in the path of Allah Ta'ala, meaning that you do everything that you can, don't even overlook this good act, that you could only spare one piece of a date, not even the whole date, one kajur. That too might just become the means of your protection from the fire of Jahannam. That's sadaqa. That which you gave for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala alone. Now, which act becomes the act that Allah Ta'ala accepts fully in His mercy? We don't know. That could just become the thing that will tip the scales in our favor. And then Nabi Islam says, فَمَلَّمْ yajid فَبِكَلِمَةٍ طَيِّبَةٍ The person who doesn't even have the peace of a date to spend in the path of Allah Ta'ala. He also still has something. He also still can be engaged in earning the rewards of sadaqa. Nabi Islam says, then you save yourself from the fire of Jahannam bikalimatin tayyiba by saying good words, by saying something good. Now, if saying something good can become a means of safety from the fire of Jahannam, can we imagine the opposite? Saying evil things, saying hurtful things, saying things that breaks people's hearts, break their spirits, saying things that mock others, that trivialize aspects of deen, this can take something, somebody into kufr also, that he mocks something of deen, breaks somebody's heart, makes ghibat of someone, ridicules and belittles somebody, and all these kinds of things, or crosses the bounds in reprimanding someone. All these things, these can become a major problem. So, these are things that we need to be conscious about. And who will be conscious about it? That person who is conscious that life is a test. My tongue, whatever it utters, is a test. My eyes, whatever it sees, that's a test. Either I'm passing the test or I'm failing. What I'm listening to, either I'm passing the test or I'm failing. The friends I keep will either help me to pass the test or they are going to be pushing me into the pit of failure. I need to now be conscious of all this all the time. 
and keep reflecting, keep thinking, keep making dua to Allah Ta'ala. Ya Allah, out of your grace and mercy, you help me, you enable me to pass this test. Ya Allah, you save me from falling into this grace on the day of Qiyamat. So, this is a very important aspect that we keep in mind that this life is a test and all our actions we are being tested, our words we are being tested, our thoughts we are being tested. We are harboring jealousy for someone, we are failing the test. We are having good wishes in our hearts for others, well wishing for them. We are passing the test. If we are having and bringing about all kinds of evil thoughts deliberately in our minds and cooking up all kinds of evil in our minds and hearts, we are failing the test. But we think of the akhirat, we think of the na'mas Allah that has blessed us and make shukar, think of positive things, think of things that how we are able to make some positive contribution towards the well-being of others, how we can be of help to others, these kinds of things, these thoughts, would be taking us closer to Allah Ta'ala. So all these things are things that we need to be conscious about, reflecting upon them, making dua, making a sincere effort, and inshallah, summa inshallah, we'll find that this will take us closer to Allah Ta'ala, will save us from all kinds of difficulties and hardships in dunya also, and will save us from the everlasting difficulties of akhirat and jahannam. May Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq that we stay far away from all evil, from all sin, especially the sins of ghibat, the sins of the tongue. Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq of always speaking that which is correct, speaking that which is good, which is positive, thinking what is positive in terms of what Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. Allah Ta'ala use us to serve deen, to pass on deen to others, and save us from becoming an obstacle to deen. وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا غلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفل لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين والحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه أجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين